Metu Netter, Volume 1, The Great Oracle of Tabuti in the Egyptian System of Spiritual Cultivation. Chapter 6, An Analysis of the Cosmonogal System. Beginning at the bottom of page 75, The Creative Activities of the Fifth Sphere. The next step in the creative process which occurs in the fifth sphere is the separation of the beings of each temperamental set. As they are held together through the analogs of the fourth sphere, their separation is called analysis. We will later have a full discussion on the incorrect views that are popularly held about this mental process, as well as its opposite synthesis. Here, at the fifth sphere, fiery animals are analyzed into the various genre of predators. Feline, the general class for all types of cats, canine, etc. The same is done for the other temperamental temperaments. The creative activity of the seventh sphere. We must pay particular attention to the fact that the creative acts of the fifth and fifth spheres are on the abstract plane. Images cannot be formed of fiery or earthy animals or plants, etc. Neither can they be found, formed of felines or bovines. It is at the seventh sphere that we arrive at the images of the members of the general sets of cre creatures. In place of felines, for example, now we have tigers and angoras, leopards, etc. The creative activity of the ace sphere. In the ace sphere, dogs, horses, tigers, etc. are distinguished into specific dogs, etc. Here we get the distinctions that set Lassie apart from the Coley matrix or Kali matrix created in the seventh sphere. We can summarize the process of creation in a most far-reaching manner, which will generally reward the reader's effort to memorize and understand. Sphere Cosmological Correspondence. And then there's a list of the sphere and its correlogical and its corresponding cosmologic cosmogony. The duality principle in cosmogony. Let's recall the fact that the entire expanse of reality can be divided into two all-comprehensive divisions, the subjective and the objective realms. The subjective realm corresponds to the supreme being's essential and unmodified nature, while the objective corresponds to its conditional and modified nature i.e. the infinite eternal source of all things versus the infinite time condition plane wherein things dwell. Whatever was, is, and shall be must fall into one of these two all-comprehensive categories. Thus, at the most fundamental level of classification, we find an indivisible duality of being. By indivisible duality, it is obviously meant that the two modes of being are complementary halves. The dualization of absolute being. Subjective realm, objective realm.
This duality manifests itself in all areas and on all levels of being as a major organizing force. In order to understand God, ourselves, the world, and life, we must be able to identify, understand, and live in harmony with the dualizing, shaping forces of life. The subjective realm, in the subjective realm, the duality manifests itself. On one hand, as consciousness, will, and on the other hand, as energy and matter. The former is referred to in the Kabbalistical tradition as Ain and Amen, Amen in the Kemetan. The latter is Sof and Nu Nut in the Kabbalistical and the Kemetan traditions, respectively. The dualization of being, of subjective being, consciousness, will, Ain, Amen. And matter, energy, self, new, nut. The dualization of objective being. In the objective realm, we also have two fundamental divisions. The nominal or the nominal or metaphysical planes wherein dwell the deities. On one hand and on the other, the phenomenal or physical realm. In order to make this information useful in our daily lives, we must first note that the that both the subjective and objective realms are individual indivisible halves of absolute being. We saw that without the objective realm, with all of its limitations, the supreme being cannot have experience. This enables us to reject such pseudo-spiritual teachings that deny the validity of objective existence with its phenomenal manifestations. They are there to give the supreme being experience. What is important is missed by the pseudo-sages is the maintenance of equilibrium between the dualities on their respective levels. The doctrine of equilibrium we will see is the major theme of cosmology, the tree of life and of living. These two fundamental divisions of our being, the subjective and objective factors reside in our being as primordial driving forces. The failure to satisfy either of them as the subjective is denied in the West and the objective by Hinduism leads to serious problems of life. The complementary dualities of on the tree of life. In order to use the tree of life as a means of ordering our thinking and our living, it is necessary to understand the complementary relations between certain sets of spheres. The zero to ten complementary relation. Zero and sphere 10 obviously represent the two extreme polarities of the expense of reality. They stand in relation to each other as source, infinite potential, goal, infinite beings, source, explicit oneness, goal, implicit oneness, source, freedom, goal, limitation, source, new, goal, jeb. The one through nine complementary relations. While sphere one looks back to the subjective realm and the 
and identifies with the infinite potential of being of the unstructured energy matter, sphere nine, as the soul of the individual physical creations identifies with each physical being. We shall later see that this duality is the basis of individuation of human consciousness into self and person or higher and lower selves or alter ego and ego. Selflessness and selfishness that has not escaped the attention of many spiritualists and psychologists. In the Kemetan tradition, it is the well-known complement of Alsar and Alset, Arias and Isis. The two through eight complementary relation, while sphere two is concerned with the interdependence and relationships between things and their place in time and space, sphere eight is concerned with the creating differentiations between members of the same species by varying their parts. The former is integrative while the latter is segregative. In addition, the thought process of sphere two are purely abstract while that of the sphere eight in concrete. The three through seven complementary relations. The subtle particles making up all things are in the state of constant vibration. Western science informs us. And all vibrations generate sound waves in one medium or another. We can paraphrase the foregoing by stating that the sound waves underline the structure of all things and events. This has been known by African spiritual scientists since prehistoric times, who have taught that the third sphere is the vehicle from where is generated the sound waves that underlie the structure of all things and events in the world. These sounds are the words of power of spiritual cultures. Words of power have special relationship with the faculty of imagination. As anyone who successfully works on mantras knows, chanting them results in the filing of the sphere of awareness with certain sets of images that are specific to each mantra. In other words, before these special sound waves can affect their desired objective, they must be translated into the images that literally serve as as matrices for the physical manifestations. The relationship between the third and the seven spheres has led dabblers into the esoteric to mistakenly believe that the imagination, unaided by words of power, can affect changes in the physical plane. Nurture a clear image of what you want with faith, and in time you will have it, many books have told us. The half-truth in this belief is the reason it works only some of the time. The truth regarding magic, success, and failure is a very simple one. All events talents, etc., and a person's life are created by the sound waves that are in an active state. Wow. Where these sound waves form are in a latent state, then there will be the absence of the talents that, that they govern. 
The nurturing of an image without awaking its associated sound wave is like trying to incubate an unfertilized egg. The subject is a rich one, and we will return to it many times in the course of this book. The four through six complementary relation. We have seen that the fourth sphere corresponds to the blueprint upon which the world and all physical events are built. The sixth sphere corresponds to the faculty that governs the metaphysical beings that are in charge of creating physical reality and maintaining order within it according to the blueprint of the fourth sphere. The fifth sphere. The tree of life shows that the creative process of the world is based on a plan in which all the things in the world are modifications of one and the same material, and the same material substance and being. Although they are different in their needs, mode of existence, and appearance, they are all parts of one whole. The equilibrium between this oneness at the top of the difference on the bottom must be maintained. This is the function of the fifth sphere. In order to carry out this meditating role, the fifth sphere must be unrelated to all others. It is thus poised at the exact center of the entire span of reality. Five. Zero, one, two, three, four. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And that ends chapter six. The analysis of the cosmogonical systems.